If you just remember back to when you were four, five, six, seven years old, there's no child that dreams of insignificance. There's no child that has small dreams. They all dream of great things. But something happens between maybe the age 8, 12 and, and 18, 20. And if life happens, that usually knocks a bunch of that stuff out. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, Director of Heaven and Business, Andy Mason. My co-host John Ramstead and I brought Andy back because in our last interview, we didn't have any time to talk about his book, Dream Culture, Bringing Dreams to Life. Now, if you've listened to the show, you know that I'm a huge fan of Andy and his Heaven and Business outreach. I went to the one in January and I just loved it. Now, the next Heaven in Business conference is going to be September 8th through the 11th, 2015, in Redding, California. Among the speakers this time will be Pastor Bill Johnson, Chris Vallotton, and former Eternal Leadership guest Lance Wallnow, among many other business owners and leaders that are practically walking out faith in the workplace on a daily basis. It's a great time of encouragement and teaching and networking. We'll have a link more info about the conference in our show notes, eternalleadership.com slash 042, or look for that link embedded in the description of this MP3. Without further ado, here's our conversation with Andy Mason on this edition of Eternal Leadership. So John, back in January, it was late January, I went to Bethel Church in Redding, California to the Heaven and Business Conference. We had Andy Mason back on uh, an earlier episode and I wanted to go out to heaven in business just to see for myself what it was. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved the town. I loved the church. I got to hang with Andy and got to meet a number of people that just really share the vision of what we're trying to do here at eternal leadership. And so I wanted to bring Andy back on because I wanted to talk to him a little bit more about heaven and business. I wanted to talk about his book, Dream Culture. And I really wanted to talk about the, the, the next heaven and business event in September of 2015, later this year, September 2015. So, um, John, what, what were your thoughts after that first interview with, that we did with Andy? Well, you know, Andy, first of all, welcome back. Hey, thanks so much. You know, you're the, you're the first guest that we've actually had back on the show. And what I loved about what you shared was just, the, you know, the faith that you showed stepping out in your life and how you just embraced everything that, that Steve and I are trying to equip and inspire leaders to be able to do in their life, to just take that step forward to uh, embrace a life of significance, to change that culture around them, to be impact players. And I'm just really excited to have you back on to just take the next step on that journey and just talk about what you wrote about in the book, Dream Culture. Thanks, John. So, Andy, we all know what dreams are. We know what dreaming is. You know, we have dreams to take a vacation. We have dreams to, you know, do something special with our kids. We have dreams for our kids' future. We have dreams for our future, dreams to start a business. Why are dreams important? Yeah, they, well, you can almost say, what's the opposite? is having no dreams. Dreams are like seeds of hope. Uh, John Maxwell talks about that. Uh, you've got so many people that talk about the practical aspect of this. But if you take dreams out of people's lives, they shrink back to less than who they are. They become nothing. So the example is uh, orphans don't dream, but sons and daughters do. 
And the greatest vacuum in the world that we've got today is, is the knowledge of the nature of God as Father. And so the way that, that that's revealed is, is, is not just meeting the needs of your life, because even a prison warden will do that, will give you a bed and a blanket and a mm-hmm. place to sleep. But the nature of God as Father is revealed in meeting the dreams or the desires of our heart. So that's why, that's one of the things why they're so important. They're so important because they're the things that make us come alive. Proverbs says that hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a desire or a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And if you've seen anybody, even if you think of right now, someone that has discovered or has uh, realized a dream, however significant, even small or big in their life, you'll see the amount of energy and life that is released that ripples over. I know in our workshops, we, we always show a clip from... Uh, one of those, America's Got Talent, or uh, what are they, American Superstar, Britain, Britain's Got Talent, of some seemingly insignificant person that you wouldn't think is could do anything, and then they open their voice and they sing, and the whole audience is brought to tears. Now, why is that? It's because they have discovered who they are and what they can do, and they're expressing and living a dream that moves people, and it inspires others to, to get going and get moving. Uh, the world's full of hopelessness. How do we release that or change that? Is by start living the dreams and desires that God's placed, and we partner with Him in our life. You know, Andy, there's multiple times in my life I look back where I just had just the biggest senses of accomplishment and joy, and those were times when I was, you know, striving for and on that journey to achieve a, a dream. I think a lot of times, though, we kind of lose that ability to kind of access those dreams and those desires we have in our heart. And how do you help people reconnect to that so they're moving forward towards something instead of just kind of, you know, existing? Yeah. I mean, there's the reality of life just seems to get busy and, and busy becomes a form of denial where we, we we get distracted, that busyness that distracts us, or just life happens. Um, there's, there's, a, there's some really good resources on this, obviously our book, but also uh, Matthew Kelly and the book The Dream Manager is, is a business context book uh, w- where this whole thing is also in practice. But in terms of how do I stay aware of those dreams and desires, uh, there's, there's com- a couple of practical things. One is, is having them written down is number one, but having them in a place that I stumble across them. Uh, have them uh, have images on your laptop that come up as a screensaver that remind you of some of those things that you're moving towards. Uh, though we talk about the goals every year, but it's pointless writing down goals at the start of the year and then not actually reviewing those every single month. Actually, those daily, daily thoughts, daily reminding yourself. But the biggest thing that we would say is is having somebody walking with you. I know, uh, especially the, the audience listening to this, followers of Jesus, it's, it's common f- for us to be a, as a part of a discipleship group or a, uh, like a men's accountability group where we're, we're holding each other and asking hard questions to keep us free from you know, staying faithful as a husband, as a father, uh, keeping our mind clean from uh, pornography. or That's common, but... How much more powerful would it be is rather than just meeting, talking about the problems of our lives, we'll be talking about, hey, where are you going? Uh, you, you have, you've got this dream to better influence 
a particular realm or to start a business or to uh, go back to school and study, uh, how are you getting on with that and what are you doing about that dream? And I want to hold you accountable to that. And the amazing thing is uh, when you're actually on that journey encouraging someone or another to their greatness rather than just their problems or vices, it, it actually helps you overcome these, these things. They become kind of little side journeys to get cleaned up rather than the main thing. The main thing is living fully alive. Well, I love this quote that you have in the book by Abraham Lincoln. I am a success today because I had a friend who believed in me and I didn't have the heart to let him down. So good. <laughs> oh, I, I love that because, because it, it really does point to our need to have somebody walking alongside and encouraging us. And, and I, I really think in, in your case, your spouse, Janine, has, yeah. has really been your biggest encourager in your dreams, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's where this starts, obviously, for a married couple, uh, where that, that's, I, I married my best friend. And so how, how, what's the best way to walk that out is, you know, we share our lives. There's nothing hidden and we encourage and help one another. And she asks me the, the hardest questions and then can give me the greatest encouragement <laughs> depending on the day. So how do you walk people through practically discovering their dreams? Because I, I absolutely love this book. At the end of every chapter, you have dream activation exercises. And so if they go and they find a partner, they can work through this book together. But just for starters, just to get people going without the book before they purchase the book, because I really yeah. want them to purchase this book. How do you what, what are those first steps? Yeah, really good. I mean, if you just remember back to when you were four, five, six, seven years old, there's no child that dreams of insignificance. There's no child that has small dreams. I mean, every, every four-year-old is running around with a Superman cape or with Barbies or whatever it is. They all dream of great things. But something happens between maybe the age 8, 12, and, and 18, 20. And if life happens, that usually knocks a bunch of that stuff out. So what, what we do first is this understanding that especially for followers of Jesus, you have permission to dream. Uh, you have not just permission, but a mandate. Uh, and, and we unpack what that really looks like. And I tell the story of uh, Janine. My wife was meeting with a woman who had a, one of her dream was really to build this business that was going to work with women coming out of sex trafficking. And, but she was, you know, do, do I have permission? Is this okay? Is God with me? All of those different things. 45 minutes into the conversation, she goes bright red from the neck up and is just like, oh my gosh, what? And Janine has a iced water and, and she goes to hand this iced water thinking this woman has scalded her throat on this iced, on this coffee that she had and then realizes it's 45 minutes into the conversation. She can't be, she can't have scalded her throat. She says, look, what's going on? And this woman says, as we were talking about whether I have permission, whether God's with me in this, I suddenly saw this like an open vision of a hand coming down from heaven, stamping approved on my dream. And so we start with that as you have permission to dream. It's, it's part of your nature as your, your father is the founding creative entrepreneur of the universe. When you create and discover and explore and dream, you're actually representing who he made you to be. You were born to design that way. But then how do I rediscover those things is what we do is 
uh, we say dreaming starts with a connection with, with God the Father. So take a moment to reconnect, spend some time, whatever works for you. If that's a creative place, if that's Starbucks, if that's uh, behind your house where there's some greenery, whatever it is for you, find that place to be still, connect with the Father, and just become more aware. Again, Colossians says, set your mind on things above, and things above is limitless. So just start to think through, okay, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly realms. Nothing's impossible. God is with me. He is for me more than I realize. He trusts in me more than I trust in myself. What would I do if nothing was impossible? Uh, What would I do if I was 10 times more courageous? Uh, What things would I want to change in the world? Uh, What fun things? What big things? And we just start... Uh, and we give a, a, you know, it's a free download. People can, a, a dream list you can fill in. But just with a bunch of questions to start asking ourselves, don't, don't worry about the how yet. Just start dreaming again. Because if my, if my God is, is the creator of the universe, then, then I should be dreaming big. Yeah, and a lot of us are trying to drive that, you know, that car with the parking brake on. Yeah. And we, and we don't know the parking brakes on. We have all these self-imposed limits. And I remember being with John Maxwell once, and we were going through this exercise, and he said, put yourself in a mind frame that you have unlimited resources, money, and time, because you serve a God that's so much bigger than you could ever imagine, and just let your mind go and wander and imagine things that you might not even tell your best friend, but just start writing them down and just see where it takes you. And it was a powerful exercise. Yeah, absolutely. We did this I mean, we've done this with very wealthy people and with, with very poor people. So one of the examples I love is we went to a, a halfway, a community house uh, in, a, in, a, in a, well, it's a town which is known for the, a high desert prison. And so we, we get there and there's this woman there that, that comes and we do this exercise where we get them dreaming. Now, I'm not sure where these guys are in, in regard to their faith, but I, but I knew they've, they've all got a very rough background. So uh, we just start this process of dreaming again. In 10 minutes, she fills up two whole pages full of dreams. And I'm just like, wow. And she said, yeah, this is the first time in her life, she'd be in her 30s, that she's starting to dream and realize she has permission. And, and she says, uh, we, we get them to do this activity of now turn to the person beside you and share some of those dreams. And then I ask for feedback. So, you know, what's going on? What, what did you experience? And this guy next to her, big uh, African-American, you know, hardened man, young man, is like, this is amazing. I said, what, what do you mean? He goes, well, I never knew this about her. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, what he's referring to is he, he, all he knew is her as a victim of society, someone that's trodden down, someone that's a sink on society and drain on resources and he suddenly realizes there's all these dreams that she shared about uh, helping people with uh, uh, solo mums, helping people with anger problems, all these things where out of her own pain, she wants to help others walk through these things. Surprise, surprise. So, I, so I, she's kind of feeling a little bit you know, jumpy as someone's giving her value and honor. And I, so I turned to him and I said, so how does that make you feel towards her? And he immediately says, she's beautiful. Wow. And, and he's not hitting on her. And so <laughs> w- 
we turned to her and say, so how does that make you feel? And she says, for the first time in my life, I feel valuable. That right there is something that I'll never forget. And it just changes. When we help people discover who they are and the limitlessness that they have inside them and even the painful things in their lives that they've walked through, these desires that they have to help, to add value, to do something great, that greatness is in them, that is invaluable and priceless in what we can do in adding value to the planet. Well, Andy, I think one of the amazing things about that story, and it's in page eight and nine of your book, Dream Culture, was four months later, Joy Lynn, it's not her real name, but Joy Lynn, you refer to her in in the story. She was employed at that very community center, helping people work through their problems. So her dream really manifested in getting employment at the center, starting to help other people. Yeah. Just super simple. This, this stuff works. Uh, we had another guy at that same place. Now, he's just got out of, he's in his 30s. He was, I think, in the foster system when he was super young, and then he got adopted, and it just went from bouncing around, and it didn't work out. He ran away, got involved in, on the wrong side of the law. He's now in his early 30s, gets out, and he writes down this dream. He said, my dream is to discover my, or to reconnect with my biological family. And he had that dream plus the dream to be an underwater welder. And I'm like, oh, how's this going to work? Well, six months later, we find out, number one, he's had his parole transferred to San Diego. He's already halfway through a diving course. I'm just like, wow. And, but the second thing, he's managed to track down his biological family. Now, both of his parents are deceased, but he discovered that he got six full-blood siblings, as in his parents got married, stayed together, and he had six brothers and sisters, and all of them were on their way to meet him. I'm just like, wow, that, that's incredible. And Andy, this reminds me of a blog post that I read just yesterday about a pastor who really had a heart to reach out to a couple prostitutes in his community. And so he went through a a female friend in the church brought these two prostitutes in to in for dinner at a restaurant and basically said, listen, we've just bought you rooms upstairs so you can have a nice evening just to relax, get a good night's sleep, not work. We just wanted to open up, open up that conversation. And so we, they asked them not to solicit. They went upstairs, slept the morning. They came back for breakfast and the pastor and his friend basically said, listen, we know that you didn't set out in your life to get into prostitution. We know that when you were young, you didn't dream of selling your body on the street. That's right. And, and we know those weren't your dreams. And they asked them, what are your dreams? And one of them, their, their, one of them, their dream was to build a business. And another, the other one, I don't remember what her dream was. But literally the very next day, one of those prostitutes called up the pastor and said, we need to meet. And now that pastor is trying to get that prostitute a job, a real job, so that way she can get herself off, her, off the street and support her child. And, and I, I, I just think how important it is for us to really dial in to what are our passions? What are our dreams? Who is yeah. God for us? And, and then really equip people around us. I, I really think that something great will happen when that, when that occurs. 
Yeah. And that's, that's what changed for us is we didn't want to just create a program, but a culture. And a program whereas you, programs become surrogates for doing real life. But a culture is where everyone is a part of a community and doing this. Really, the core of it is friendship. What does it mean to be a friend? Well, if I'm truly your friend, I believe in you and I want to see you come fully alive. And I know one of those ways is what are the dreams and desires of your heart? Where are you going? And also, as, a, as an employer, uh, what's the level of engagement in a, in a business? Uh, the, the, one of the highest costs to a business is staff turnover. So the way to reduce that is to actually help my employees uh, connect purpose with what they're doing, even the mundane from a day to day. And if they can see how this daily work is contributing to a greater cause for them personally even, then uh, engagement increases, staff turnover drops, you get a, a greater in, uh, uh, input or impact from that employee and the rest is history. It's, it's kind of this Gallup's done research on this. It's, it's not... It's not a secret, but actually comes from the original mandate and the original plan that Jesus set in place. And it's like, wow, what if we, what if we actually did this? You know, Andy, in that, that culture in a company as a leader and you, you're able to do a very good job connecting people's roles to, you know, the mission of the company, what they're trying to accomplish. What are some of the other key aspects of a, what you call a dream culture in a, in a company? Yeah, I mean, if that's in a company, there's there's so many different ways, and it looks different for everybody. Obviously, depending on depending on the company, but I know how we got invited into a a, a significant sized company to talk with the HR department on culture, on empowerment, on these very things. It just might be different language, and. Uh, this company is known for some of the the incentives that they have for the employees, but when we got inside and talked with this uh, the HR department, we we discovered, to our surprise, that all of the incentives were very much uh, cerebral. They were just surface level. Hey, you can have free T-shirt. You can have free food. There's a ping pong table, a table tennis table in the staff room. Uh, you, you get to go on staff. You can be, you know, play sport at lunchtime. All these things; those are wonderful things. But all they do is they meet a very surface level need. Uh, the the cool way to build it and go deep is to actually spend time and say, what is it that really causes my employees to come alive? What they're waiting for someone to unlock them and what their capacity and and giftings and abilities are. So one of those easiest ways is, hey, what what are some what are some, and we can keep it as a part of that personal review in our quarterly review, which is common business practice. When I sit down and we say, hey, so, so what's some uh, business goals, but what are some personal goals that you want to do alongside that over the next quarter, over the next year? And then they can take that and do that obviously just with, the, with their direct manager, or you can do that with the, as a team, so teams within the company. Uh, where they are meeting together and they can put even on a board. So, for example, one company, uh, everybody's dreams, you know, short, medium, and long-term dream is on a board for everybody to see. And then everybody's asking one another, how are you getting on? Now, at the time, there were about 50 employees at this company. Uh, one of the employees' dream was to hear Bear Grylls speak, uh, man versus wild guy. And sure enough, it came up, it, uh, there were tickets to L.A., 
he got so their boss gave him time off. He bought the tickets. He goes down, and when he walked back into the office, uh, open plan call center, the whole place just cheered because they'd all partnered with him in seeing this dream come true. So it just adds to the environment, the life, the energy that goes way beyond just something something simple. I mean, others, uh, we've seen people get degrees, become citizens of the country, uh, and the, all of that through their, through their workplace because the, the, the employers or the bosses or the owners are saying, um, my greatest role here is not just in generating profit or generating a bottom line. My greatest role here is empowering and developing people. And the better that I do that, even if they leave here and go elsewhere, the better that I do that, the better is the bigger win. And, and the beauty is when they do that and do that well, people don't want to leave. Um, and it becomes known as the place to go because if you work for those guys, your dreams come true. Well, you know what I love about that? There's so many companies where you, you go to work and you don't have any really deep or true relationships. And you're talking about somebody that fostered that and allowed people to really just connect with the humanity of everybody else that's working there. And, and then just what came out of that was just this incredible culture. Yep. And, I mean, the funny thing is we – so this connection, writing that book – and obviously, that's written with a from a, a you know Christ-centered perspective. Um, the over a, about a year later, after writing it, producing it, uh, I got this random email from this guy Joe Candela, Cincinnati, Ohio, and he and he writes and he says, "Hey, uh, I I discovered your book. I'd heard of this band called Jesus Culture, and then I followed Jesus Culture to Bethel, and I was on this store and I saw this book on dreams, and I got it and I read it. This is the kind of book that I was going to write." He goes, I am the original dream engineer from the book, The Dream Manager. So we got connected with Joe. He was the one that, you know, we originally got given the book, uh, Dream Manager, and read that. And it's like, this is what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And that was what Danny Silk had asked us to do at Bethel. It was just a, such a, just a funny, divine connection. And then to build relationship with Joe, he's doing this in a business. Uh, him and his and the CEO of the company do workshops. It's There's so many good things happening. Andy, I think one of the things that you talk about in the book, I think is really important for people to understand right from the get-go when they start dreaming is that sometimes the cost is more than they might be willing to pay or it's harder than they expected and so the dream goes by the wayside. How, how do you equip people to understand, listen, your dream, if, if your dream is to get a degree, it's going to be work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, I think that's part of the Western, some of the Western mindset is, I mean, I love what John Wooden said, uh, the famous, I think it was a UCLA coach, he said the statue of liberty on the East Coast needs to be balanced by the statue of responsibility on the West Coast. It's, it's not all about just me and my dreams and achieving. But actually, the greater the dream, the greater the cost, the greater the challenge, the greater the, you know, if you're going to re realize something significant, it, it doesn't come easy and some things don't happen at all. And so what we say is uh, often we look at the cost and then would be like, oh, it's become difficult. I'm going to stop. Well, there's questions around, well, was it really your dream in the first place? And how engaged with you? Is there a different way of doing it? So we can coach people through that. But my wife has this a great, my wife has this great analogy of um, going through and saying, okay, 
So uh, often we look at the cost of a dream and, and you think, oh, it's just too, can I get it for cheap? Is there a shortcut? And you realize, no, there's not. So do I turn around and, and walk away or do I pause and think, okay, let's, there's another cost to this dream. It's the cost of not pursuing the dream. How many people's lives will be impacted by what this dream? How many uh, people coming alive? What's going to change? What will that do in your friends? What will that do in your children? Uh, and, and start to think on the cost of not pursuing it and how many people would not benefit and how your life will be different. And that's another motivator. And the third thing is I just got actually back from a conference in Europe talking on dreams, the same sort of thing. And and are we pumped full of people full of going after your dreams and live fully alive and here's some practical keys to do that. And then I flipped it and said, but from a, a Christ-centered perspective, your citizenship is of heaven. Uh, Philippians talk about that. So it, it's like even when it's tough, it's difficult, it doesn't happen. Hey, I'm living from an eternal perspective. So uh, actually the this whole concept of dreams and going after dreams is held lightly in the context of I'm living with eternity in mind and I'm doing everything out of my connection with the Father. And Hebrews 11 is full of people that had incredible dreams and promises that didn't achieve them, but they gained an eternal reward in the process. So what we say is dreams far more than accomplishing dreams. Dreams are like road markers into the heart of God for you. That this whole process is all about learning how good the Father really is and how much He loves you and how much He is with you. And, and the Bible is full of Scripture that, that does not say, when it's tough, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to zip you out of that. I'm going to stop the fire. I'm going to stop these things. He says, no, no, when you walk through the fire, I'll be with you. When you're going through the water, I will be with you. This whole context of, hey, the planet is given to us as followers of Christ to improve, to add value, to develop. The original mandate is still in place. And Jesus came to demonstrate he is with us. His name is Emmanuel. And as we go after these dreams, especially the big ones, we get to see that in the process. Uh, it's, it's just crazy what really is happening. I, mean, I was telling you a, a story of a friend of mine. He's, been, he's partnering uh, with a nation to build a railway across the original slave route in Africa. That, that's not easy. It's, that's taken him, I think, eight years to date, and they're seeing significant movement now. But it, it hasn't been easy. I think of William Wilberforce two great dreams in life, one to end, uh, obviously, end slavery or the abolition of slavery. The second one is to make goodness fashionable or the restoration of manners. He did more to change global culture than anybody that I know of today or throughout history other than Christ himself. But it took him 55 years to see them put into law that slavery was now illegal. It's not, what are the dreams in my heart that can I keep walking towards that? And how do I do that? And who do I have around me that can keep encouraging me in that process? You know, Andy, as I uh, work in the field of coaching leaders and working with people, it so often comes up trying to connect with my calling and my purpose. And, you know, you're talking about this eternal perspective. 
Yeah. Right. And I think to something to think about, if you give yourself this permission to just open your mind and start dreaming and letting the passions of your heart just come out on paper and brainstorm and pull people in to this process, if you look at that list and those things that are just the highest on the list that just give you energy as you think about them, that's your calling. People make that process way too hard. Yeah, God wants it. to be right there and be part of the process, don't you think? Yep, it's it's far easier than we think. Just get moving, dream big, um, and it, the amazing thing too is some of those big dreams are really scary. Uh, you know, if I said you know I want to end global poverty, it's like how do I even start? Uh, one of our one of our people had a dream to be to really get back into Broadway. She grew up in on the East Coast, loved Broadway, um, and then became a follower of Jesus, and so thought that that gift must be used on a Sunday service, realized it's not really there, it's not happening for her, so she kind of laid it down. And we mess about, you know, if you've been in church for more than 10 years, it's long enough to have the dreams kicked out of you. (laughs) Sadly. Well, she had this other dream to go to the Winter Olympics. She got given tickets, goes to the Winter Olympics, and she went into the stadium where all the gold medalists perform at the end of the at the end of the, the Olympics. As she walks into the stadium, there's maybe 15,000 people, uh, whatever that may have been. Just as she walks in to the door, sees all these people, she f- feels like God just kind of jumps on her, surprise, and, and she hears him say, I created you to perform in front of audiences like this. And she feels rocked, like, God, you're at the Olympics? Really? You're at, like, how could this happen? She comes back and it triggers these these performing, and I was created to perform. Performance is not a bad thing. It's a, it's a great thing. So what if God created me to perform, and how would I partner with that? So her first step was to try out for a local town production, and it happened to be The Sound of Music in Reading, and she won the part of Mother Superior, which is the, the nun that sings, climb every mountain, you know, realize every, reach for every dream. At the end of that, the cast director comes up to her and said, every cast needs an Angela, needs you, someone like you, because you've been the one that's always been hope-filled. You've always brought life to everybody around you. We just want to thank you so much for what you've done and contributing life to this whole cast we couldn't have done this without you. That in itself is just a great clue. But then now she's actually moved back down to LA. She's on the journey of, of really saying, okay, what if I fully gave myself and trusted that these dreams and desires in my heart are some of the things that God's placed. Uh, I'm going to give myself to them and just see how far we can go and how much great influence we can have. And then the rest is really history. Yeah, Andy, as we as we wrap up our, our time here, any final thoughts you'd love to leave with people? Uh, good question. I mean, I would just continually say, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. So That is a great point to keep in mind. Yeah, dream bigger is, is really the world is waiting to see uh, what your God is really like. So dream big. That, that whole concept of you know, our Father is the creative entrepreneur, founder of the universe, you know, how are we representing him in life? Are we encouraging people, causing them to come more alive, or are we sucking the energy and life out of the planet? 
by holding up placards of what people are doing wrong. I'm thinking it's it's time really for for us to stand up and and let our light shine and and be be the salt and light of the earth. And one of those ways is to dream and make practical steps to live towards those. You know, a question that I ask people, Andy, is your dream big enough where uh, it only works if God is a partner with you? Yep. You know, if it's a dream that you can do on yourself, if it's something, uh, an ambition that you can accomplish with uh, just your own circle, it's not going to stretch you. It's not going to move you into that place of what we were you know, what you would call a calling and a purpose and a God-given uh, place. So, Absolutely. Yeah, and we say even if, if you can realize your dreams, I mean, obviously there's small dreams that are also significant on the journey. Uh, we just got back from a vacation in Colorado. I mean, that was wonderful for my family. Uh, it's not a life-changing dream, but it, it builds connection and fun and life on the journey. But uh, yeah, we say the bigger dreams, if you can achieve all your dreams in your lifetime, they're too small because you're, you're created with eternity in mind. So what about the dreams that, that you're not going to even see them realize they're going to be for your children's children? And I'm thinking, that's awesome. That's just so great to live for a generation yet to be born. All right, Andy, before we let you go, we got to talk about September. Heaven and Business has another event in Reading. Talk about it. Yeah, so uh, this whole process of partnering with God in the workplace, it starts with really me having this realization of how big and how good God is and how much He is with me in my daily life. That's kind of one. Then obviously the next question is, wow, God's with me and I'm seeing incredible things happening around my life as I partner with Him on the day-to-day basis. How do I create a culture in my workplace where the supernatural occurrences would be a daily event. It wouldn't just happen every now and then, but I would see God with me in the workplace every single day. So that's the culture piece. But the third level is, okay, so now I've got God with me. I've created this culture. Now, what does God want to do through my business in my city? Now, what if I franchise my business and grow this culture? And and what else? What could that look like as I partner with God to advance in my city, my region, and my nation and adding value to the lives of people? The goal being that all creation is fully alive, where our cities are prospering in all things. So coming up September, we've got the, the first conference with that in mind, and we've got Lance Warnow coming, uh, Bill Johnson, Chris Valentin, probably our keynote speakers. And we have a series of uh, business people that are demonstrating this. So more like case studies or applications uh, that they'll be coming. And one's a cafe owner that's also partnered with a local prison. And they're seeing uh, these inmates' lives get turned around. And then they are walking in the miraculous in a prison. And he owns... You know, he's a little-known cafe owner in Texas. Uh, another friend is uh, a local business person who is, as I mentioned, is is working to build a railway across a S- African nation. I mean, just from the big things to the small things, and using my via and my business as a vehicle to positively affect the planet. It's that's what we're going after. I can't recommend highly enough people go. I loved January and me coming out there on a regular basis for these events, I think is in the works because it was really awesome. Great. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Andy. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, John. Those dates for the conference are September 8th through the 11th. 
2015. And like I said at the top, the link to register and the link to learn more about the conference will be in our show notes, eternalleadership.com slash 042. My wife, Elizabeth, and I are both talking about going out there, so it'd be a great opportunity to meet some of you listeners. Eternalleadership.com slash 042. There in our show notes, we'll also have links to both of Andy's books, God With You at Work and Dream Culture. I really enjoyed these books and highly recommend them. Eternalleadership.com slash 042. And for an easy way to get to that page, if you're listening on your smartphone, tablet, or computer, just look at this episode's summary and you'll see the link right there in the description. Special thanks to Justin Jeffrey for his editing and production help. Next time on Eternal Leadership, executive coach Lori Schofer joins John in the Coach's Corner. I think that's what it is for people when they have these choices and they have to realize that in order to say yes to an opportunity that has come before them, um, to something that God is leading them to, they are going to have to say no to other things because we just cannot do it all. That is a myth. There's no way we can do it all, have it all. Lori and John answered two questions that you and our audience asked. One, how do I handle a difficult conversation with a business partner? And two, how do I maintain balance between work, family, and faith? If you've asked either of those questions, be sure to tune in next time. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. <laughs>